every narrative that you see up there is, is in some way supposed to scare you, right? Whether it's the environmental narrative, you're supposed to be afraid, or it's the pandemic. Um, this is the narrative of, of, of fear, of, 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 of dystopia, of control. And, and Bitcoin is, is really the opposite, it's really giving hope back and seeing technology as, again, that emancipatory tool for all of humanity. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's very powerful. It's powerful, and um, and I think definitely second that idea that, that you know, in Salvador there is that drive to to, to restore humanity and, and find hope in the future. Hello guys, welcome once again to BitCorner, the podcast for Bitcoiners from El Salvador and to the world. Today is a special day. Today is the last episode of season one. We made it. We made 21 episodes. So uh, we're currently preparing, planning and uh, creating the whole schedule for season two. Of course, we are not going. It's summer here, but we're not going to stop. This is just the beginning. Season one was a huge, huge success. Thanks to you guys. I really like uh, your support. Uh, I couldn't make it without you. So th thank you for making this possible. And uh, all right. So to start and and to finish also the, the first season, we have here Amik Moruzzi, that he's the CEO of Kaiser. We had Stelius before that is also uh, a co-founder of Kaiser Fund, but this is an amazing project. So uh Mick, thank you for being here. Thank you for your time and welcome. Thank you so much for the invite. Uh, and thank you for inviting both Stadios and me in separate podcasts. I feel like this is a super, uh, super treatment for a super treat for Geyser. So I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you very much. I mean, uh, personally, I love this project because, uh, you know, crowdfunding is, it's really, for me, it's really powerful. And, uh, but, uh, well, we talked already that with Salid, but uh, you, you know, if you do it uh, in the fiat system, it's really, really complicated. Especially, uh, well, we all know in the in the people that we are in this space, all that involves, right? If you crowdfund something, you can be shut out. For example, what happened in, in Canada and and many other examples so i love what you're doing guys i love that you empowered not not just monetarily but you make uh opportunities for people that again uh, made their own projects not just personal projects but in the society so and as and as i told you uh, it's not just about talk about projects i also love that our audience meet uh or people the people behind the every project at the end we are all humans we or look for for something um, to make something good, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why we also have um, not to shill our podcast, but we also have a podcast where we, like you said, we can really highlight the creators behind the the, the projects and try to help creators also get more of a spotlight because they are, like you were saying, the the heroes, right? That are creating content, creating value, um, creating. Uh, experiences, educating, creating art, um, building communities. So we, yeah, we, we knew there was something with Kaiser when we started it. Um, um, and then we kept on being told, oh, but you, you're too broad and you're, you know, you have to go niche. 
But at the end of the day, the niche is Bitcoin, right? Uh, Bitcoin is still very, very uh, growingly fast, but very small, small niche. Um, and for the first time in the history of humanity, we can create um, a tool of crowdfunding that empowers uh, people to, to crowdfund at a global level. It, we haven't really ever done that before, ever. Uh, and uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to the world, uh, you know, we've done crowdfunding since the beginning of time of human time. You know, we were pooling resources to build churches. Uh, we were pooling resources to build dams. That was the first financial primitive that you can think of that involves a higher level abstraction of the use of money. Like money is this abstraction that you know is like essentially acting as a as a as a as, a, as an abstract uh, unit that can be that can buy several different things, right? That solves the the common problem known as the coincidence of wants, right? That I want a money, you want I want I make apples, you make chickens, and you know I want uh, maybe I don't want your chickens, um, but uh, but you have something out, but but you can still give me money so that I can use the money for. For, for, for what I want, right? So it runs yourself this, but then uh, it also creates these new financial tools like crowdfunding, where people can then use their money to pull towards particular things. Instead, if I make apples, it couldn't be used to make that thing because you know barter doesn't—it's—it's—it doesn't—it it doesn't allow for any sophisticated financial system. So crowdfunding is a very basic uh, first step to that complex financial system that a lot of the world uh, just doesn't have, um, um, you know, doesn't have access to, uh, you know, uh, only at a, at, a, at a small scale level, right? Uh, when it comes to just pooling basic resources, like, uh, you know, uh, in their local environment, but, but Bitcoin allows that to happen at, at a global scale. Um, uh, and it also enables that to happen uh, much more instant, much more so all the benefits of, of the internet and, and digital technologies that make things instant, uh, make things uh, uh, scalable, right? Uh, so, so yeah, that's why we thought like really crowdfunding is going to be a killer application for Lightning. You know, the, the thought is that was how how uh, instead of starting geysers that I I realized that Bitcoin and Lightning were ready. You know, the technology is there. Lightning really works to scale Bitcoin so much. And what we needed now are our tools to actually make Bitcoin Lightning usable and um, and all usable, but are worth using, worthwhile using, really adding value. And so we thought Bitcoin isn't just a store value; it's actually better money that can connect the world. There can be the native internet, the money native to the internet, really. And um, and we kind of really saw that very very clearly when you know still everyone is talking about crypto and we will go to investors and they will say, oh, why don't you use Solana instead? Like just lack of knowledge uh, of, of what what we're doing here. And we thought, you know, this is, you know, this is powerful. And also looking around that in places like in Ethereum and other crypto companies, crypto ecosystem, crowdfunding did play an important role. Uh, so you, you notice all these platforms that were creating these really vibrant communities that were having these grants that are not allowed people to, to send a lot of funds and, and and create this ecosystem, this live ecosystem of, of creators. Um, and we thought this is really missing in Bitcoin. Uh, there are some grants that are focused on developers, but there's no grants focused on people that are adding value in different ways as artists, as educators, etc. So that was also something we, we said, okay, 
that's something worth doing. And we were lucky to, to meet the right people, like Brad Mills and, and his network uh, that it made, helped us make, make that possible and take the first step. So yeah, uh, bladders a lot there, but uh, maybe that's a good start. All right, all right. Yeah, actually, I, I was going to ask you that. How do you come? How do you come with with this idea? And uh, but uh, you know, maybe for the, I, I like to start a podcast asking the, the background, and I think mm -hmm. that will will make us a better picture of uh, who you are, of course, and uh, yeah. and why do you thought this idea and, and to develop a. Uh, uh a geyser fund so uh if you can share with us a little bit of, about your background like where are you from and what do you study mm -hmm. and even if you have hobbies you can share it <laughs> sure man uh, look i'm uh so I'm, my background is i'm italian i grew up in italy but also grew up in other countries um i went to international school and sort of was brought up to think that uh you know um uh, and i ended up studying anthropology and, and economics mm -hmm. And so I, I really, I initially thought I wanted to work in the, you know, the development sector and in the international development sector, meaning like, you know, helping to, you know, lift, lift poverty, lift the poor, you know, help to kind of build infrastructure, to help developing countries kind of uh, rise up. And I, I started that way. So I was working on an NGO for, for a year in Nepal. And, um, and that really changed me. And um, because of my background in anthropology, my role was to go out into the field and learn you know about the locals how locals lived what kind of you know issues they were experiencing how our programs might maybe fit into their lives and, and help them improve their lives and what i really kept on noticing over and over again is that even in places where there was no toilets there were no uh roads people still had smartphones right people still had uh smartphones that allowed them to communicate with each other and with their families and friends all across the world um, some of whom were just working and sending back remittances and, and, and money. And I didn't ask about what kind of money they were using. I, I doubt they were using Bitcoin, but it had to really click something in me that like technology is pivotal, pivotal. Um, that while, you know, development sector had never reached some of these, these areas, um, because it just, it doesn't scale because it's uh, clunky, it's expensive. Um, and because the impacts also are never also seen, you see these villages with toilets that were just locked up because there were all these problems associated to using it and mm -hmm. um, they're just not sustainable. Yeah. Uh, they were, technology was what was making their lives better. Uh, they were using smartphones to communicate with each other uh, at scale uh, for free. Um, and so I really understood something that had, you know, been obscured to me having grown up in a, you know, very kind of critical background where you kind of think oh, technology, social media is bad for you and all that kind of stuff, really thinking, okay, fucking hell, like technology is, it's making us better uh, um, in, in so many different ways. It really is enabling, it's democratizing uh, to the opportunities of society, kind of like akin to what Jeff Booth calls, you know, technology is deflationary, really kind of really saw that. Um, and so that really changed changed my perspective. And then uh, uh, after that, uh, after some more of these types of uh, jobs, I realized that I, I want to contribute to to, to, to the world uh, through by working in technology. And so I ended up working as a designer in, uh, oh. in some you know, crypto, sorry, you know, um, in kind of uh, in fintech space, and then also some, some time in the crypto space. So I worked as a designer, as a user researcher. So my yeah, my, my focus is really how do we use technology to 
to improve you know uh, user user experiences how do we solve problems essentially with technology rather than building technology for for just building cool gadgets it's more like how do we solve real human problems so it's really trying at the intersection between human systems and technology uh that was always been my my you know just so worked many many months many many years in this space uh, and then i discovered bitcoin and and for me it made sense from the from the very beginning so i first heard about it in 2010 and mm -hmm. then completely dismissed it and then heard about it in 2017 and decided to actually take the time and study it and uh, understood that it was something really really powerful um yeah, and, and when um, was your yeah. and when was your aha moment? When did you say, okay, this is crypto, this is Bitcoin? Because we we all well, not all, but most people that we come from cryptos, and uh, you know, when when you start to know, you get confused. Even it happened to me. But you oh, know, yeah. when was your aha moment that you say, okay, this is crypto, this is Bitcoin? Way different. So I think a few things. Uh, the, the first thing that really Orange built me was uh, just uh, the insightful content that was the Bitcoiner community was creating around 2017, 2018. And I specific, specifically remember the meme of Morpheus and Neo and Neon asking Morpheus, uh, are you saying that you're gonna, I'm going to be a mil, I'm gonna be able to sell this for a million of dollars one day? Oh, and no. Neo, Morpheus says, um, no, I'm telling you that when you're ready, you won't have to. It's just... So I was like, what the hell are these guys are fucking crazy. Uh, but then that was an uh, initial point to, to kind of understanding the perspective of the Bitcoin uh, community and, and that made sense. Um, but then I, so as a Bitcoiner, I was still, you know, open-minded, you know, as they say, open-minded to think uh, and just to see what else was out there. In fact, actually I even worked for one year in the Ethereum ecosystem and I uh, got to say, okay, let's put my assumptions and preposition aside and let's see what Ethereum has to offer. And what I discovered is that there is, you know, there are some use cases, um, but a lot of that is speculation and just uh, tokens and NFTs and things that are just all really grounded on speculation. And I wasn't, I wasn't a super fan of it. Um, there are fun elements of it, but it's it's, it's really degenerate type of uh, fun, which is not great for most people. It's a bit like gambling. It's, you know, mm -hmm. it's not something you would endorse. It's not like a, uh, positive part of human experience, in my opinion, at least. Mm -hmm. um, and then you, and then I also just noticed just the, the technical elements of of of, uh, of Ethereum. That just, uh, you know, I'm not super technical. I'm not a technical person, but uh, I could see just uh, running a node versus using Ethereum, um, and like the second the second layers on Ethereum having tokens and not being scalable. You're still paying five dollar fees for a transaction on, a, on an L2 and Ethereum. So that made no sense. <laughs> when you're on, on Lightning, you're paying nothing. So mm -hmm. it seemed like a much more robust system, Bitcoin. And then the ethical elements of it, I discovered I looked more about the pre-mine and just the way that it was created just seemed like, again, not solid technical foundation, not solid ethical foundations, and maybe even like legal. Like, let's see if the government decides that Ethereum is a security, um, they're Ethereum Foundation, you know, is it going to get dissolved? Maybe. And what happens then? Maybe it still exists for a little bit, but how reliable is it as a system? I don't think it's very reliable. Mm -hmm. So for me, Bitcoin, and then I just reading into incredible content that I think I remember being particularly impacted by Jimmy, um, 
Jimmy Song, who said oh, yeah, that Jimmy decentral Song. decentralization is not a spectrum, it's a binary. The, the idea that you either are decentralized or you aren't. There's no mm -hmm. in between. Mm -hmm. And you know that that helped. And I first thought, okay, there's a space for everything in the world. But no, the reality is no. The reality is that uh, states have, uh, you know, it's whatever survives the state. So, so maybe you're right. Maybe it is a spectrum. But but under what circumstance? You have to assume uh, a very, um, uh, you know, you have to assume um, a strong attack surface. You have to assume the state companies are going to shut you down. You know, so Bitcoin is the only thing that really stands. I think will stand the test of time in the long run. So. Basically, working in the space, in the Ethereum space, I realized, okay, I want to dedicate my life towards something that is more, more long-lasting, that I, I know will, 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 will outlast us, that will be a positive force for humanity. Um, I, I, from my economic background, I, I understood and um, I understood the problems that inflation is causing mm -hmm. around the world, um, and I, I think that is essentially the. The, the biggest problem. I often find myself talking to friends that say, oh, Bitcoin, okay, okay, what about NFTs? And I was like, God, NFTs, like, does it really matter? Like, does it matter compared to Bitcoin? Like, does it matter for you to know what an NFT is and why it's valuable versus why Bitcoin is valuable? Well, the answer is, it doesn't matter. So just don't worry about that. It doesn't really matter that much for you. It probably doesn't matter. Just stick to, stick to Bitcoin. That's that's the meme, right? The meme is Bitcoin. That's what, that's what really... You should be thinking about so you should be studying um and uh yeah so I, i'm really you know uh very much think that bitcoin is is what's important and we have to keep pushing so i thought okay we need to start and i was noticing a lot of this investor kind of uh investors kind of really not understanding what what, what the whole point is about and um how how and i, I just said okay i'm just gonna start building building our own thing. And then luckily we were able to find some, some Bitcoin, some mission aligned investors that are Bitcoiners that see the value of Bitcoin, that see that Bitcoin is, is, is not just a store value, but it's going to be creating this incredible new economy online for creators and for the world. So, um, yeah, so we're really lucky at Geyser to, to find investors that are aligned and a shout out to, uh, Brad Mills, uh, Max Webster, um, PNB, um, obviously, Lightning Ventures that that saw helped us see saw the vision and, and and saw the role for crowdfunding on Bitcoin and Lightning, and saw the potential to, to grow the, the the economy. And so, yeah, so we were really blessed to find these these people that are aligned. Uh, we were blessed to find this community of creators and to help more richest community of creators in Bitcoin and to really have you know we're born at the right time. I think. A, really almost aligned to the growth of lightning that makes all these incredible use cases possible while other cryptos are still paying ten dollars per transaction like bitcoiners are just having a blast having a good time um paying very little in fees and and and, and experimenting with lightning which is so exciting absolutely yeah so i i have a question for you because uh with stelios we talk about lightning but barely and uh, I think one thing that we didn't discuss, and I think it's really important, is uh, well, I think uh, I'm going to ask you two questions. The first one is the for for people that don't know how Geyser actually works, and if you have a small project, if you can explain to them barely easy how how they can do it uh, to post their project and and get founded. And the second one is that uh, why do you chose 
line instance instead of the base layer because you know people may understand that there's the base layer and then it's lining uh but uh if you can explain the difference so people know why it's important uh to develop like these things on online yeah good question juan it's uh, it's mostly a question so how does geyser work right now so geyser to create basically Geyser works both online, uh, on chain and on Lightning um, mm -hmm. when you're funding. So if you're trying to fund, you can always send Lightning or on chain payments. But when it comes to when you want to create a project, you create a project on Geyser to receive money, to receive Bitcoin. What you do is you, you attach your Lightning address. So there are all these Lightning wallets that provide what's called a, a lightning address, which is an email-like identifier that looks like email, but it's for sending Satoshis. And you create your project by plugging in your lightning address. And then what happens is that um, every time somebody funds you on lightning, it goes straight into your lightning address. Or um, if somebody funds you on chain, we swap that over to lightning and send it to your lightning address. So as a creator, it's incredibly convenient because you have one address and all the funds go to that one address. But then if people fund you from Lightning or on chain, that's sort of kind of their problem. That's sort of, you know, that's how they choose to pay you. But as a creator, you don't have like two different places where you to manage two different wallets. It all goes to one wallet. And it's an incredibly powerful, you know, uh, powerful tool. Um, so in the, so this sense, Geyser works in both ways. Now, the question you ask, the second question you ask is, why do we choose to kind of, uh, prioritize Lightning over 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 the base change and it's a really good question and um there's really trade-offs right so on-chain bitcoin is obviously the best tool when it comes to self-custody uh censorship resistance um owning your assets right so that's ideally where you might want to make it the the, the, the the more secure system um but what we noticed is that most creators, and actually that's how we started. We started that every project on Geyser had to have a node, a voltage node. And mm -hmm. what we realized that it's uh, it's it's hard to work on both systems, uh, right? Um, so the voltage node, you you receive funds on chain and you receive them on Lightning. So people had to learn how to open channels, um, which was what we noticed is that people just weren't ready for that. They just weren't ready to for just the the sheer effort, time. Uh, but also the cost, the cost um, of opening channels, managing liquidity, and it's the, it's money cost, but also time time cost. Um, now the question then is like, why don't we just make the the, the on chain address the the main recipient of all the funds? Well, it's it's not great because if you're sending one sat, you can't really send one sat and swap it onto into on chain. That's just incredibly costly. So it doesn't really work like that. Um, it, it couldn't be a, perfect, a great system with that either. Um, but also we noticed that 99% of projects, 100% almost, are all like Bitcoiners that are, want to do good work, uh, that want to do the creative stuff, that want to do education. They don't want to be doing a, a protest, you know, or like raising funds for, you know, whatever censorship resistance uh, wants. Um, but just to kind of entertain their their own creative projects, and and uh, but also we we super recommend. So while people receive money in their Lightning addresses in their Lightning wallet, we do recommend them that they move their funds away, especially if they have 
high enough amount of funds to move them over to their to their on-chain address. Um, um, uh, that said, it is um, yeah, it is it is very much a uh, a, a trade-off, and we chose to opt um, we chose to um, prioritize convenience, usability, making Bitcoin more accessible to more people around the world rather than like insane censorship resistance, which by the way, already tools exist for that. So BDC pay server is a great tool if you want super censorship resistant, basically run a, a campaign on your own node, you can do that there, right? And actually you can still use Geyser in a censorship resistant way by plugging your node and you can plug in your node and actually Geyser is free for you. So if you plug your node, Geyser is free. If you plug in your lightning address, we take a 2% commission. So we still incentivize you to do what's, what's, what's more, um, What's more, what's better, right? From a censorship resistant perspective, but really trying to, you know, increase usability of, of Bitcoin and Lightning. Um, last point is that actually Lightning addresses are not inherently custodial and lack censorship resistance, but you can set up a Lightning address using Voltage. You can set up a Lightning address using uh, BTC Pay Server. You can set up a lightning and, and also we're hoping to see many more lightning wallets integrate lightning addresses uh, like a blix is, is, uh, has is attempted to do so um breeze i think it's also on their roadmap mm -hmm. so we will see lightning addresses come up in non-custodial wallets that will add an insane amount of of, of uh, added value because then people can plug in their, their lightning addresses using their custodial lightning wallets um and the final thing is the cool thing about that is that what we're seeing and part of the vision here, guys, is that if you look at what Strike is doing in the United States and Africa, if you look at, you know, Bottle Pay and, sorry, not Bottle Pay now is closing, but uh, Bitnob in Africa, um, uh, 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 Blink in, in El Salvador mm -hmm. and in South America, like they have these custodial on ramps to, to Fiat, Lightning custodial wallets with on ramps to Fiat. Which makes it so that it's incredibly powerful then to send sats. So if you plug in your Blink wallet, you can auto convert that into your local currency, right? So you can essentially start receiving crowdfunding contributions in Bitcoin or even in, in Nigeria Naira and auto convert that and goes through Lightning and it auto converts into your local currency. So I, I we believe that these these Lightning banks are the true neo banks um, that will need the banks of the future because they have ramps to Bitcoin, but also on ramps into, into fiat and allow that. And, and Geyser sits as the interface that sort of connects these different communities. Um, so yeah, that's sort of what, like kind of how it fits into our, our grander vision. So Lightning also scales. Lightning is this incredible technology that makes instant payments se seamless. Um, um, it scales to the world, like on-chain just, just doesn't, right? It just doesn't scale. To, to, we can't import the entire world on chain, right? It, it would raise the cost of transactions uh, infinitely. So yeah, I mean, I gave you a lot of reasons. We thought about this a lot. I mean, Stelios really kind of went crazy uh, and thinking of solutions took us took us months, months. And but I'm happy to say that we were the first ones to to really um, you know integrate Lightning addresses. It's such a pivotal way. And you know, I think after that came uh, Damus uh, with uh, with Zaps. You know, also integrating Lightning addresses. But yeah, it's incredibly powerful technology, and um, um, we're happy to to have been part of the, uh, the pioneering of this experimentation. All right, and uh, so I have a question that 
I don't know if if it is if if it works this way and correct me if, if I'm wrong, but uh, the traditional crowdfunding, uh, when you do a campaign, uh, you collect the money, and then you you as a company uh, give the money, and then when you when you kept uh, when you achieve sorry the one hundred percent of of your goal you liberate it right and uh, so but you don't do that right you don't do any custody you just just make that the transaction directly directly right. between the, the founder and the and the person that it wants to be found yeah it depends on the platform so kickstarter does exactly what you said so it's called the all mm -hmm. or nothing model so you set mm -hmm. a goal people send you money if you could achieve the goal by the the, the deadline then you get the money. If not, the money goes back to who funded you, right? That's the all oh, or okay. nothing. But most mm -hmm. other platforms like Indiegogo, uh, GoFundMe, CrowdFundMe, all these platforms are are take it all, which is the model that we have as well. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the all or nothing model, whether we whether it's something we want to do, um, it is something that excites us. I think it is. Kind of, it is a powerful tool because it aligns incentives a lot. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it is interesting. The, the challenge is doing that non-custodially. Um, being custodians would, would allow, add a lot of friction and regulatory burden to us. So we're yeah. thinking deeply about how do, we, how do we do that? How do we do that uh, non-custodial? And uh, yeah, we'll... Uh, if you're interested in the subject, reach out to us because we have some ideas and we want to experiment with that in the coming months. So, all right, all right, all right. And you also mentioned that when you are making, um, when you're founding and you get found, uh, the money goes to your lending address. And you say that is also important that not just to keep it there, especially if a lot of money that you should yeah. maybe translate it to, uh, sorry, to, to switch it to an, another safer wallet for yeah. example alcohol wallet so could you explain uh to our audience why it's that important and maybe what is important if you can to maybe to run your own node if it is possible yeah definitely so it's not the end of the world to have some stats on, on your custody wallet um maybe just to take a step back right so there just in case people are not are not familiar there's different types of wallets um All right. yeah uh, li lightning wallets right there's custodial lightning wallets which means that it's actually so going in, right into crypto people talk about hot wallets versus cold wallets hot mm -hmm. wallets are just are are but in both cases you're self you're self-sovereign because you have the keys to your to your funds but a hot wallet uh is basically a wallet on your phone that the keys are stored in your device and and that in that sense they could still you know be hacked right a cold wallet instead said is, a, is, a, is a wallet that is stored offline um, that is, you know could be a hardware device is a cold wallet um, or even actually a paper um, you know uh, a paper backup is, is cold as well it's not stored on your computer on computer you know on attached to the internet so and then when you come to lightning you have um, hot wallets that are uh, non-custodial like breeze like Phoenix, and what they do is that they create a node on your, your actual device, um, uh, mm -hmm. and and they're incredibly powerful. You know, the usability is not always super yet, um, just because of the fact that you're running an actual node on your phone. So there's sometimes some 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 lag, um, but it's still pretty good. 
and you can receive funds on chain or lightning it's really great um and you can write down your secret mnemonic phrase which is a backup to your funds incredibly incredibly powerful and then there is the custodial hot wallets such as um wallet of satoshi that you're literally just trusting them with you know being able to manage your funds right correctly um and yeah you could get rugged but we, we don't know um probably not they're acting a bit like banks so you're trusting them and trust is not inherently a, a bad thing but um you're not only trusting them you're trusting that the government where they reside will allow them to operate will not seize their funds it's not just about them um so never definitely keep all your funds in in, in you know, custodial lightning wallets um, or exchanges <laughs> or exchanges oh yeah that, 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 that for sure that for sure yeah. absolutely take your wallet all your funds off of exchanges right now um yeah especially it's been a crazy now, week. i would say yeah it's been a crazy week i mean with uh binance with, with coinbase um mm. you see it coming i think with i think everyone saw this saw this comment right <laughs> was... yeah i mean they it's interesting right they, they probably were probably lobbying and paying a lot of money to regulators and then you know shit hit the fan with uh, Gary Gensler and yeah and with the FTX stuff and then like he was really pressured uh, to, to 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 take an action so uh, against them so yeah it's I mean it's if they can be attacked you know they, they will be attacked so um I, I think it has to do also with internal pressures like forget who mentioned this but you know the, 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 you know if they're gonna start if they're gonna start pumping money again into the economy, mm-hmm. they want to know where it's going. And last time that they, they, they pumped money into the economy, it all it all went into JPEGs and NFTs and, mm-hmm. and crypto. And so they're like, okay, if we're gonna pump money, let's let it not go towards towards these these, these, these speculators, right? And they, they've got a point. Um, so I don't know, you know, my uh, it might ha- they might not be aware of it, but it might have the unintended consequence of Bitcoin rising a lot more than expected. In fact, the last one wasn't as big for Bitcoin because a lot of the money went into, into cryptocurrency. So in this case, we're going to see a double pump for Bitcoin. If uh, absolutely, I mean, that's, that's my, that, that, that makes logical sense. I don't know if it's, if it will happen, no, yeah, yeah. it will affect adversely Bitcoin as well. It's possible that Bitcoin will also be seen as, you know, as uh, it will be attacked because if a lot of people lose funds, um you know it, it will definitely it will also affect bitcoin adver- adversely unfortunately the perception is not something we can get away from absolutely but, yeah. But yeah and uh just just a, a fun fact that for our audience that maybe people don't know this but cc actually went to el salvador a, a couple of months ago and want to in to be in el salvador to to open uh actually a license i, I think he wanted a license in el salvador but thank god uh Najib is really uh he has like really good advisors max kaiser and then stacy and uh, well all the corners and they, they say nope <laughs> get back home <laughs> wow. and uh we're going to be bitcoin only and thank god they didn't uh gave him the the license because you know and i think it's that the point that to work with harmony uh and the best solution that we can have right and i would just i just yeah. i just said it with the speculations because if not, imagine yeah, imagine the, the panorama right now. And yeah. 
Uh, also talking about Salvador, uh, actually, well, I'm going to ask you uh, a question, but I want to shout out uh, that actually there are several projects that are being founded in in Geyser, for example, Mi Primer Bitcoin, they're doing really well, actually, uh, Torgos also, uh, even my podcast is there, so all Salvadorian good projects are over there, then I think it's that's one of the things that I think that are amazing, not just in, in cases of El Salvador that uh, this provides new ways to new projects, uh, even in developing countries like, like Latin America or Africa or whatever, that, that they don't have access to financial system. Uh, I think it's a good uh, it's a good tool and not just Kaiser, but at, in the end, uh, Bitcoin, right, that gives you this opportunity, especially as you just said, with Lightning that basically is peer-to-peer -peer instant. You can be here and you can send money to Australia, basically, or whatever you are, and yeah. uh, you can give uh, an opportunity to people to do good stuff. And uh, and, and my question was uh, about El Salvador. Uh, you went there, right? How was your experience there? <laughs> I did go there, man. Uh, I did go there. Um, we went for the Adopting Bitcoin conference, which was, uh, yeah, we were invited. It was an incredible experience. Um, look, I, I think from the outside, the perception is, you know, especially in the Bitcoin community, like that Salvador Bitcoin, obviously going there, you realize there is still a lot of work to do. Um, mm -hmm. There's still a, a lot of work to be done. You know, you go around and people still, you know, just want hard cash, right? There's still this gap of digitalization. They just don't have, um, they may have a smartphones, but they still don't trust the digital money. It's this mm -hmm. idea that money has to be physical and tangible. Mm -hmm. It's still very strong mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really exciting, um, um, but, but yeah. So what's exciting about it is that it, it, there's still quite you know still these, these these pockets of intense Bitcoin activity. So going to the beach in El Zonta and buying Bitcoin, buying a ice cream with Bitcoin is super exciting. So there's you definitely try starting pupusas with Bitcoin, um, but again, not a, not every place. In, in San Salvador accepted it, of course. No, so there's no still... but if, if you taste, uh, try the, the pupusas. <laughs> oh yeah, I've tried it, it's so good. Yeah, I loved it. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I had, I think about six pupusas in, in one day. Um, <laughs> That's a lot. Breakfast and the, and the inner one day was, yeah, delicious. Um, That's so cool. Uh, but yeah, and I think, yeah. I think the, ahead, the people seem, but the, the people I found them, you know, still a little shocked from the whole you know, things that have happened in the last decades, right? All, all the violence must have really affected the people and, and their psychology and their. Uh, so I definitely, I don't know if it was just me, but I, I could definitely feel that. Um, and so I could see why someone like Kelly would, would write so quickly and powerfully because just people are really tired of that. They're tired. They're really tired of the violence. Tired of that. Of that. Of that hate map uh, going around. They just wanted to start fresh. Yeah, absolutely. I I think uh, that what you're saying is really important. Actually, uh, I, I just. Uh, I just remind uh, Natalie Brunel, she was my second guest, and she told this uh, quote that I think is really important and I actually loved it. She said that um, she doesn't look uh, politicians as heroes, and I, I agree with her. Uh, but and uh, not just talking about Bukele, any politician, 
you don't have to uh, watch them as at heroes but the thing is that uh he's doing great actually i mean it's, it's just like bitcoin you, you see the proof of work so you see that there's no more violence that you see the economy is growing uh, and people will be agreed or not but there's a change there's a palpable change people they are not afraid anymore so and uh, for us, uh, I think as a Salvadorian, this there is a fresh start. Even if you like or you don't like uh, Bukele, uh, it's mm-hmm. a fresh start and a beginning. So to it's like I think it was Estelis that told me also that yeah, it was Estelis. Estelis told me that uh, his story was amazing. That he told me that <clears throat> normally when you speak people around the world, you, you with the perception of the people is that they're disappointed because of well the course of the of the economy and the world is going with inflation and everything but he said that in El Salvador he saw the opposite because uh we came from two wars actually the civil war and then the wars against uh, the the Maras um the guns member and you see hope so and uh, I, I me as a Salvadoran I didn't realize that but but he it made me realize that it's true that now people is like switching and actually watching it and perceiving the world in the opposite way like all right now we have an opportunity right to to develop and not just thanks to Bukele but for Bitcoin and everything that is developing there so it's it's, it's really amazing yeah that's that's right yeah there's definitely and I, that was Bukele's message was so strong right that in in mm-hmm. his speech about Bitcoin uh, as a contender that um that we grew up in a world thinking that you know we we could have hope but in the west right now is every narrative that you see out there is is somehow supposed to scare you right whether it's the environmental narrative you're supposed to be afraid or it's the pandemic um this is the narrative of 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 fear of, of, of of dystopia of control and and bitcoin is is really the opposite it's really giving hope back and seeing technology as again that emancipatory tool for all of humanity um so yeah it's uh it's very powerful it's powerful and um and i think uh, definitely second that idea that, that you know in Salvador there is that drive to to, to restore humanity and, and find hope in the future um, absolutely yeah. absolutely and by the way congratulations that i just realized that you won the pitch day on the Bitcoin conference. So congratulations on that. And uh, oh, thanks, if, man. Uh, if you can t- tell the people briefly, if you want, uh, what, what was the, the prize? Uh, what was the contest? Yeah, so we were among uh, 200 applicants uh, of, the, of this uh, pitch day in Bitcoin, Miami, Bitcoin conference in Miami. Uh, there were 14 selected to pitch and there were only two winners. One winner was the kind of a, uh, company Bitcoin company focused on infrastructure, and the mm-hmm. other was uh, focused on adoption. Bitcoin adoption. Mm-hmm. We were selected um, to be the, yeah, the winners of the Bitcoin adoption uh, cohort. And yeah, the, the the prize and look, all the all the players were great. They were all we're all doing incredible work, and um, uh, you know, uh, there's so much talent out there in the Bitcoin space. I'd say, but Absolutely. the what really made it. Um, yeah, in terms of the the, the, the prize, uh, it was yeah just uh, a, a, mostly the recognition I'd say, and uh, there was they're gonna write an article about us and 
Uh, I think cool. there's going to be some advertising space and some products that, uh, that were offered. But um, yeah, not like no cash handouts or trophies this time. No, it was more actually. Uh, I, I think I, I made it around the, the the question. It was like more about how was the what was about the contest. Gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, okay, I think uh, we're going to start wrap it up. So I think I'm going to make you just like two or three questions, more more questions. And uh, so yeah, one is. One of them is like, um, what are you working on right now? Or working, what can we expect on Geyser in the future, in the future months? Like, for example, a year or six months? Mm -hmm. What are you currently working on? <laughs> yeah, look, so good question. So, I mean, we just, we've just been doing a lot of cleanup, a lot of refactoring. So a lot of things that had to, had to be done, like, for example, adding dark mode, um, the next step is going to be adding, just making Geyser more accessible. You know, we were talking about crowdfunding being a tool for the world. Well, Geyser is still in English, so it's still very limited to who can access it. So we're going to be adding different languages uh, to, to people can view and read Geyser into different different languages. Um, also, different currency support, so you can view a currency within different local currencies. Um, at the interface level, of course, uh, it'll it'll be Bitcoin and Lightning native entirely. Um, what else? We are also working on um, on really enhancing the reward system, so making it easier to buy and sell products um, as as you know, events of products using Geyser um, by integrating uh, uh, shipping. Uh, and uh, adding limits to items, so it's a lot more going to be a lot more seamless to buy and sell things on Geyser. Um, and then, on top of that, we want to integrate more social elements. So, for example, uh, Juan, you have uh, Twitter, right? You have, probably have a Noster. So, what you yeah. can do is you can, as you already probably already do, log, log in with Noster. You can log in with uh, Twitter, and then what we do is that we we show your social profile. So we show your social graph. So what does that mean is that we see how connected you are to the network ecosystem so that people can say, okay, well, this guy is very well connected. We trust him more, we will fund him. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do that. And then that will really help out a lot with the grants. So when people fund you towards the community voting grant, that will help you assess whether the funder is a real person or not. And if the funder is a real person, that, that will count more towards uh the community voting grants if that makes sense yeah absolutely actually yeah that's like a really great idea because you see the the circle that person it's involved in. so yeah exactly exactly you, you can also then see projects based on who in within your circle has funded them or if someone in your circle created a project or someone you follow on twitter created a project you won't have to you know you will be able to see that a lot more a lot more immediately of course oh, okay okay that that's so cool and uh okay one of the questions i think is really important to i want to know your, your your opinion is that normally i ask about the bitcoin adoption but since uh you're based in lightning how do you see the future of lightning <laughs> well bitcoin lightning are both bitcoin i think right so Bitcoin adoption, yeah, is, is lightning adoption, and, and, and vice versa. Um, how do I see the future of lightning? In terms of tools or integrations or, you know, 
Yeah, I, I think lightning is incredibly powerful. Um, incredibly powerful from from perspective of a user who can use it. Like in some way, lightning is already better than the current. Like Bitcoin lightning is a better tech stack than the fiat system that we live in because it's it's hard money. It's non-fiat. It's not like a fractionally reserved. It's instant. It's global. It has all these incredible interoperables. It's the best money already. The problem is when it comes to just um, how do we scale this to the entire world in a way that is censorship resistant? Not everyone around the world will be able to run a Breeze wallet. Um, I I think right because um, you're still dealing with creating channels. It's incredible. It would be incredibly costly to do so. So my, my, while I'm super bullish, I'm also aware and, and, and conscious that what we're doing here is we're also creating, potentially recreating some of the problems. For example, we're, we're creating, like, it, it hurts me to say this, but, but we are incentivizing the guys or two. You know, we have to actually incentivize users to run their nodes, but the user experience makes it so much better to just run a, use a, a custodial lightning wallet. And that's what I think really needs, we need to, we need to improve on, we need to, we need to you know, really uh, like focus on and to make Bitcoin and Lightning um, uh, into technologies that can like really, um, really solve, the, solve all the problems. And, and I think the problem that Lightning still has is that the tendency towards centralization, tendency towards uh, custody. Um, and yeah, that's something that I think we just need to be aware of, pay attention to, and try to solve. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that really smart brains like Burak are, are thinking about with this new uh, ARC layer, uh, scaling layer of Bitcoin, which could be promising, but let's see. I haven't yet looked into it too much. But um, yeah, I think that's the only shortfall of, of Lightning is that it can be essentially like people don't run their nodes right if um if, if people if we don't come up with a solution that are custodial then non-custodial with lightning like these and uh how do we scale those as well so yeah i'm i'm, I'm very very bullish but uh, i also from a, an adversarial thinking perspective need to be aware of this these these these, these, uh, these challenges all right perfect and my, my last question is, it's a fun one. So have you around spill your family yet? Uh, not everyone, uh, not everyone. Um, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, so it, it took some time, uh, but some of them are, you know, start slowly getting it. And part of it is really just as Bitcoiners, we get really excited about Bitcoin, but we can't, we can't, uh, we can't, we can't impose our excitement upon others. We have to let them find find Bitcoin whenever they're ready for it. So it's uh, it's, it's it's something we can't force and stress. So we have to let people let people find their way and their at uh, the right time. So uh, yeah, but glad to see that a few family members are are interested in it. And how do you and how do you change that? For example, the perspective of someone that I, I just said that we were talking about Salvador, that, and uh, I think uh, most places in Latin America. I don't know if here in Europe, but 
that they want the cash they want the paper money how how do you think you can change that the perspective of that to switch from digital to, to, to digital it's yeah. hard right <laughs> yeah you, you either well, there's really two options you either create a solution that they're looking for so you create physical bitcoin notes which could be easy to create custodially um but not great to create not not super easy to create non-custodially um think of a bank that issues notes that are backed by bitcoin physical physical paper notes but obviously that's you know you could get rug rug pulled <laughs> right? that's, that's not that's not great um, yeah. but and then or you could recreate the fiat system or yeah. or you have um or the, the second option is i mean just make the user experience digitally so much better so much more convenient which it can because physical notes are very um are, are clunky they're just they get they can be degraded um but make it so good that it, it can be it can be seen as experience that will that won't be able to say no to that um yeah that's i think the second option is probably the, the, the better option but uh, unfortunately like it's often the young generations that that adopt new technologies and as, as they say it's a little bit cynical but maybe it's true by the quote that uh innovations happen one um one graveyard at a time meaning okay. that like innovations have to happen when you know this new generation is ready to adopt them and i think it's somewhat true there's something true in there so older people are are less they have the less less mental flexibility to learn you can't teach an old dog new tricks unfortunately uh yeah so yeah. that's the way of the world but uh hopefully we make the experiences so much easier to understand so much more appealing so much greater use case and application that you know like we like a lot of older people today are using uber right or uh, airbnb that you know will accept bitcoin because it's just it's just a no-brainer. So I think that's the aim. That's what we should be striving for. Striving for. All right. Yeah, I, I totally agree that the user interface could be like a, a good approach. So Mick, thank you for being here. Thank you for your time. We made it. Uh, we finally did, did the, uh, the first season, guys. So it will be a lot more. So Mick, again, thank you for being here. Thank you for yeah, talking about you. geysers, explain lightning and, and for your time. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Thank you so much.